Welcome to the Daily Blues Podcast, giving you the best blues content from across all of our 101 ESPN platforms. That was a nice way to uh, rebound from uh, what happened in New Jersey the other night. And what just someone who, you know, grew up with uh, blues hockey and you know what all these kind of things mean for sure. Uh, how cool is it that they swept a season series from the Blackhawks? Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of surprising, wasn't it, that uh, it had never happened before? You, you got you had to figure at some time, you know, when the Blues were pretty good, but the Blackhawks were not, you know, that, that would have happened. But, no, it had not. So, uh, that, that I thought was pretty cool. But, man, look, no matter where the Blues were in the standings uh, yesterday or where the Blackhawks were, that was an entertaining hockey game. I mean, you could have been a fan of two totally separate teams and sat down and enjoyed watching that sporting event. I, I thought it was just a fun, fun game to watch. Um, I'm, I'm going to do a whole separate segment later on the show on Jake Allen. I, I already did one blue segment just talking about the win and all the things that went well in that game. But Jake Allen has been terrific, especially terrific on the road. And we saw that again last night. Two shutouts in Chicago this season for Jake. Yeah, and you know what? He is just four wins shy of tying Mike Lee Ute for the most wins by a Blues goaltender all time. Really? And yeah, and with you know, with thirteen games to go, I don't know what the goalie schedule is, and so I don't know if the opportunity to get there is going to be there. But uh, but but he's knocking on the door, and with that shutout, he you know he moves past and out of a tie with Yarl Halak, so he trails I think uh, Brian Elliott by just four for the most shutouts in Blues history as well. Look, Jake has been a really good goaltender for the Blues. And I know, you know, in the last couple of years, they eventually made the Jordan taking over the heat. There were a couple of slides and struggles. But he, you, and you asked Marco Scandella this, uh, Jake single-handedly won the Blues that playoff series against the Minnesota Wild a couple of years ago. Uh, he's, he's been good. And he's played the ring perfectly since uh, Jordan Bennington got here. He's got another year on his contract, but the Blues, of course, signed Billy Huso to a one-way contract. So something will have to sort its way out uh, in the offseason. But they have had, I, I and I've, I haven't been shy about this one, I think that the Blues have had from this, and when you factor in the cost factor of what they're paying both goaltenders, I think the Blues have had the best goaltending situation in the National Hockey League this year. And that's uh, that's an important consideration because – I know Allen got the you know, hefty contract a while back. Biddington got an extension, and but if you add up what they make and you compare it to the rest of the league, it's it's they're getting great value for the dollar, and I think that'll be the case if both of them are still here uh, intact next season. It's still really good value for the dollar. It's both goaltenders for under basically nine million bucks, and uh, think of what Florida's doing. Florida's on the outside looking in. We'll see Florida tonight. You know, they signed Sergei Bobrovsky to a long-term deal worth $10 million a year. Look at the money that Montreal is paying Carey Price. And, and they're not in the playoffs and haven't been for a couple of years. I mean, the, the money that some of these starting goaltenders are making and the Blues were able to have both of their goaltenders under contract for both of them under, you know, at, at what, uh, eight point, uh, right, right under $9 million. I mean, tell you, it's, it's really a, a good deal that the team is in right now to have both these goaltenders under contract for this year and next at that value. And that cost certainty is what allows you to make sure that you can sign other players. It's uh, Doug's done a great job of that. Chris Carber with us. And I want to talk about the enemy camp for a minute before we get back to the Blues. You know, Colorado, uh, well, they lose at Vancouver Friday night, but win at San Jose 4-3 last night. 
And I was just reading a uh, reading a piece uh, in the Denver Post, uh, and and I look, I knew that the Avalanche have a lot of injuries, right? But it it really is impressive. I have to give them credit. I mean, they're sixteen four and two since January sixteenth. They're eight one and one the last ten, while the Blues have been going nine and one in the last ten, and. Despite a long list of injuries, they keep finding ways to win games. And, and the thing I want to ask you to fill the blanks in on, you know, the the backup goalie who who took over the lead job because of injuries, uh, it seems like he's surprising a lot of people. And I don't even know how to pronounce his name, so I'm shuffling that off to you. You know, they, they've got a situation in Colorado or anywhere. And then they're, they're well coached. Jared Bednar, who was in the Blues coaching system, uh, Jared Bednar has coached him well. I, I thought two years ago they made a, a really smart deal when they went out and they got Ian Cole. Um, but that was big. And, and then they turned around and they made the trade with Toronto and they got Nazem Kadri. And so what they did was they got they got deep up the middle. They added experience and, and the veteran aspect of Ian Cole on the backside. And, yeah, they've dealt with some, some injuries and they've had some guys out. But uh, that is a really, really good hockey team. And with any kind of just a little bit of puck luck, that team will win a cup at some point here the way they're going. And they've, they're just that good. The, the Blues have done an amazing job, you know, of holding it off. And, and yeah, you know, Francois has done an amazing job in that trying to, you know, to, to stem the tide there. And, and he's a goaltender that had signed. They could have sent them out. They decided not to. But, but they, they just play as a team. And I, I sit there amazed, to be honest with you, and think, wow, holy cow, look at how well Colorado's played. And the Blues have still fended them off, which is just amazing to me. I, I don't know who's going to win this division. It's going to be a dogfight. It could come down to that last game. Now, now Colorado does have the, the primary tiebreaker, which is regulation wins now. And they've got five more than the St. Louis Blues. So the Blues aren't going to catch Colorado in that department. So they're going to have to win the division outright. And what's crazy about this whole setup is it looks pretty solid that whoever finishes second in the division, the Blues or the Avalanche, they'll play Dallas. Man, if you win this division, you could end up having to go to Vancouver uh, and play the Canucks. Uh, you could end up playing the Calgary Flames, or you could end up playing Nashville or Winnipeg. I mean, it, it, you end up playing some serious uh, hockey roulette in terms of what type of opponent you could have and that's your reward for winning this uh, division in a hard-fought battle between those two teams. Chris Kerber with us. Well, Tarasenko accompanied the Blues on this road trip, and you know we were told, and uh, of course we talked about it, that they were going to sort of ramp it up a little bit, like he was going to, you know, frankly take some hits, not hard, not hard walloping hits, but they were going to give him some contact to see how everything worked out there. What? How do you think things are going on the trip in terms of the paces they're putting him through uh, to get him ready? Yeah, and I think uh, with the team being back home a little bit this week, they were going to get some other testing done, Craig Ruby had mentioned, so just to see where he's at. I'm sure they're testing things like, you know, you know final strength of where he has. Uh, you talk to people working him and his shot looks good. He's on the ice. I'm sure he's getting pretty bored right now with rehab and work and that kind of stuff, but He's getting there. I'm sure they're going to test range of motion, too. i got to think, and this is just from my experience, having gone through some shoulder surgery before, one of the ultimate battles you just have to deal with is, is range of motion. Do you have the necessary flexibility and range of motion to do what you need to do and protect yourself out there? So uh, the team is home tonight against Florida. We go out to Anaheim tomorrow, 
play there on Wednesday, come home on Thursday. Then you've got the two home games Saturday and Sunday afternoon. That's followed by, uh, you know, that long 10-day road trip that takes you through, what, Philadelphia, Carolina, Florida, and Washington. And so, and then, and then you're home for a few. It, I, I got to think that they would be eyeing sometime on that road trip if he's really knocking on the door, but the team hasn't said anything official. So we'll just have to wait and see. But continues to work hard and look pretty good out there on the ice. Curbs, uh, I think that's all I got for you this week. Unless there, I, sometimes there's something I should ask you about, and I don't. And you, hey, you got the mic, man. If there's something else you wanted to, ho- when I say holler, I say that about myself too. Uh, not literally holler, but well, with me actually, I do holler. Anything else you want to holler about? No, just for those that may have forgotten, remember that uh, that that Florida game was originally scheduled for yesterday or for tomorrow, is is now tonight. So that, because the Blues have that makeup game, and they're in a run, Bernie. Where it's they're they're in the middle right now of a stretch of what was 25 days where they are only home without a game or travel for three of them. I mean, it's really an amazing crime that this team is on right now. So they're going to need to be road warriors here if they're going to fend off Colorado the rest of the way. Curbs, uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, pal. All right, Bernie. Have a great week. You too. That's Chris Kerber here in the Blues booth. Yeah, Florida comes in with 76 points. They're three behind uh, Carolina in the East for the second wild card and Columbus uh, has the top wild card spot right now. They're five points up on Florida, but Florida's also got a couple, three teams in the way before they can even get to number two or number one in terms of the wild card. They did beat Montreal on uh, Saturday, four to one, but they've been, I'm talking about the Panthers. They've been struggling a little bit two, four and two in their last six. And, it's it's always good to see Joel Quenville, of course, uh, in his first season as Florida's coach. This is the Daily Blues Podcast. All of the 101 ESPN Blues content in podcast form. Our guy Jamie Rivers joining us right now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line at Jamie Rivers 08. I'm Anthony Stalter. Jamie, this is uh, this is why you kept pounding the table for Jake Allen and Doug Armstrong. We're specifically keeping Jake Allen. We're, we're seeing that. Uh, I was right. I was wrong, buddy. You were right. They did a nice job of keeping him and uh, foregoing maybe some of the cap savings that they could they could create, and and going with the guy that was going to provide them outstanding depth. And again, you saw it again last night. Yeah, look, Jake Allen has had a fantastic season for the St. Louis Blues, and he really has been able to take some of the pressure off Jordan Bennington. I mean, can you imagine a world this year having gone to the Stanley Cup final game seven? You know, winning the cup is great, but then imagine pounding the pavement with Jordan Bennington night in and night out and having to give him 60, 65 starts because you don't have an adequate backup goalie. That would spell disaster. And, you know, Jake Allen, yeah, he's making just over $4 million. But if you look around the league, there's a good number of teams that have one goalie alone that's making as much or more than Bennington and Allen combined. And so for me, before this season even started, it was a win-win from that side of it as far as the financially having those guys under a certain number and also on your cap. But now Jake Allen's played so well. And last night, Anthony was an unbelievable example of that. You know, he wasn't tested a whole ton, but some of the quality opportunities the Blackhawks had, he was standing right there. And the best part about it is Jake has been criticized in the past about being a little active in his crease, a little all over the place. And when he's not on his game, he can 
leak out of the, the, the crease and out of the great angles. Last night he was dialed in. That puck hit him. It was like it was Velcro. It just stuck to him. It didn't go anywhere. So I, I really, really enjoyed watching him last night in a game that, you know, it, the Blackhawks are not on the heels of the Blues, but they're trying to get in the playoffs. The Avalanche are clipping at the heels of the St. Louis Blues. They needed that win after the performance in New Jersey, which they weren't happy with. So Jake Allen able to come back and, and be a backbone for that team yesterday. Does that speak also to, because I, I, I saw the same thing. I mean, he had to make some unbelievable saves. Is it just that that's what happens? Or are you seeing anything with the, with the defense in, in front of the goaltenders of late? Well, you know what? Uh, the Blues have done a much better job, especially during that eight-game stretch, of limiting the opposition's shots on goal and quality shots on goal. But, you know, last night the Chicago Blackhawks, a young team, they've got some speed up front. They're kind of in that mentality of, you know, a little bit carefree. What have they got to lose? They're already not in the playoffs. Why not try to open it up a little bit? And the strategy worked for a little while because every time there was a turnover by the Blues, the Blackhawks were stretching a forward and they were transitioning with a long stretch pass, just trying to push the pace and spring somebody that was open. And you know what? It worked at first. The Blues got a couple of D-men that were trying to jump in, join the attack, and support the play. There was a quick turnover, whether a good defensive play by the Blackhawks or maybe a little puck management hiccup by the Blues. And they were headed the other way, and Jake Allen had to be there. He had to stand tall in the net for them while the Blues kind of figured this out. Then, you know, about halfway through the game, they clamped down on the middle of the ice. They did a much better job of managing the puck. And quite honestly, the Blues' entire mindset to me from the opening draw last night was playoff-style hockey. That Sunquist line, the fourth line, went out immediately and started banging bodies in the first shift and setting the tone. Just like last year, when we watched that fourth line go out night in and night out against the best players in the playoffs and just set the tone. To me, that's really what set the tone last night was the first shift of the hockey game. Jamie Rivers, our pal here on 101 ESPN, joins us. Jamie, speaking of that, we also saw last year during the playoffs how valuable Jaden Schwartz is. And Schwartz now has 10 points over his last 10 games. It's the most points of any player over that stretch. We know what he brings to the table from an offensive standpoint. When you're watching him play, is this the best that Jaden Schwartz has to offer? And if it is, what does that mean for the postseason this this second time around, the second back-to-back, in the in the back-to-back years, I should say? Yeah, well, look, Jaden Schwartz is just a, a buzzsaw out there. You know, he just doesn't stop. And even if we go back to when, you know, pucks weren't going in for Jaden Schwartz or he wasn't getting as much offense as he liked, he never stopped working. And that's always something that, when you're a player at any level, at any sport, if you can fall back on your work ethic, then you still have something to build off of. And so Jaden Schwartz, through that time period, just kept going, kept buzzing, kept buzzing. And now we're seeing a guy that's getting some bounces. He's making some fantastic plays. But guess what? The foundation of his play is that he's buzzing every single shift. This guy tracks down pucks in the neutral zone. He back checks so hard that he breaks up plays constantly throughout the game. And then when he breaks them up, they're headed on offense. Then he retrieves pucks around the net. He's in the corners, digging away. He's honestly just a pain in the butt to play against. Every time you turn around, he's standing there trying to take the puck from you. And that really, really, really gets to the other team. And it starts to force them to make plays quicker. And sometimes when plays aren't there, 
So he's turning, he's causing turnovers, even though sometimes he really doesn't have anything immediate to do with the play. And then he's capitalizing. Last night, the goal by Petrangelo, where him and Schwartz, you know, Petro holds the blue line, does a great job of reading that play, gives it to Schwartzy. Schwartzy waits. Petrangelo gets open back door, and he puts one right through the seam to him on the tape. Heck, Corey Crawford was backwards, wasn't even facing the puck when Petro got it because he thought for sure Schwartz he was going to shoot that puck. He doesn't make that great play. Blues get on the board there, make their second goal of the game. That's a big goal. And it's all because Schwartz is buzzing around out there. Jamie Rivers, our pal here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jamie, what about the line shuffling by Craig Berube right now? Do you feel like he's anticipating that Vladimir Tarasenko is coming back very quickly? And then where do you think Tarasenko slots in? Is it with is it with Jaden Schwartz? Um yeah, you know what? Look, as it sits right now, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're calmly waiting for Vladdy to get back. I predict, I have no idea. Okay, so let's just put that as a disclaimer. Jamie Rivers has no actual idea of when Vladdy will be back, but I predict that this long road trip they're going on, uh, you might see him get in the lineup uh, sometime during that trip, maybe even in Florida for that game. Uh, but when, when he comes back, I think he slides right back in with Shannon Schwartz. I really do. I think you saw last night, uh, you know, Craig Bruby put Sammy Blay on the right side. And Sammy Blay, by, trust me, he had a great game. He had an assist. He had eight hits in the game. He was involved. He was exactly the Sammy Blay that Craig Bruby and our fan base loved. He was all over the place causing havoc and doing his thing. However, you get 91, Vladimir Tarasenko back in the lineup, you want to try and get this guy the puck as much as possible. What's the best way to go about it? Put two absolute pit bulls on his line in Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz, and they're just going to hound pucks all day long. Braden Shen, we know, is going to get in on that forecheck and just cause separation between their team and the puck. Schwartz will be there to pick up the loose chains. We're going to find Vladimir Tarasenko in the high slot. Boom, Bob's your uncle. We're high five. <laughs> I always love a good Bob's your uncle. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Somebody just went, Bob is my uncle. Yeah, Bob, yeah. How'd you know Uncle Bob? <laughs> uh, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Stalter Rivers here on 101 ESPN. All right, Alex Petrangelo, Jamie, last thing for you. Tallied his 14th goal of the season last night, second goal of the game yesterday. When you're looking at Petro, do you still think that uh, you feel good about the Blues bringing him back? What What do you think changes in your mind, if if they don't bring him back, is it just a matter of they can't? They just simply can't give him what they want, and also put together a, a, a competitive team around him. Yeah, look, that's first of all. Let me attack the first part of that. Is Alex Petrangelo had another fantastic game? He's a difference maker, pretty much night in and night out. He's your captain. Uh, he's having a Norris Trophy kind of season. I know John Carlson in Washington is having a you know a spectacular season and is probably the favorite for the Norris. But I do think Alex Petrangelo gets in there as a nominee as one of the top three defensemen in the NHL. And I think that his value is just going up day, every day. Every game that he plays, every day, his value is going up. Now, that being said, uh, salary cap, as we heard last week, it's going to go up a little bit. Now, is it going to be $3 million or is it going to be $5 million that it goes up? That does open the doors for maybe a little bit bigger offer for Alex Petrangelo. But to tell you the truth, Stoltz, I think that the term 
is probably going to be a sticking point with this one. I, uh, I think that Petro is definitely deserves a seven or an eight year deal. I just think that, you know, St. Louis blues are probably, I don't want to say that apprehensive because I don't know. I have no idea. Once again, the disclaimer is I have no idea. This is just my opinion, but in judging the way some of the older players around this age at 2930 with the long-term deals, looking at the tail end of their deals, the last two or three years of the deal, so there hasn't been a ton of guys have success with those contracts. And I think that you have to evaluate that if you're Doug Armstrong and look at it and go, does a five-year deal make sense? Does a six-year deal make sense? Seven or eight, eesh, we might be looking at, you know, a 37, 38-year-old defenseman now is costing us 9 to $10 million a year. Um, you know, and it might be damn well worth it. It might be. He might still be playing the Alex Petrangelo hockey, and if he is, great for him. But for me, I think that might be the only sticking point at this time is the term of it. Jamie, great stuff, my man. We'll talk to you again soon. You got it, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. This has been the Daily Blues Podcast. Check back tomorrow for more blues coverage right here on 101ESPN.com.